You are in the Grotto Pod. I'm in the Grotto Pod. Bridget's in the Grotto Pod. The reason why I'm so excited to be in the Grotto Pod is it's been roughly a month since either of us was in. I was excited. The Grotto Pod. Until you got to the Grotto Pod Until and found I it trashed. The door and found everything in pieces. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, we here at the Grotto Pod don't have a lot of control about what happens to the Grotto Pod when we're not here. But this is insane. It is a little bit of insanity. I'm going to take these headphones off because, oh, you know, good. it's warm enough. Your, it's so hot already. I feel it's bad. It's pretty warm. Uh, yeah, we uh, we don't, you know, we don't uh, have to lock on the door here at the old grotto pod. Oh, but we will. Uh, and occasionally we come to find a, a few things askew. But today it was capital letter askew. In I fact, mean, it was all caps askew. Things were taken apart the way kids take apart. Like the last Things had been disassembled. Completely disassembled. Things had been pile. thrown about. There were papers. It was almost like vandalism. Do you think it was vandalism? I feel a little bit uh, violated. Oh, for sure. I feel yeah, violated. Yeah, a little violated. Yeah, I'm not happy. But we're going to have to... It's sad because our guest is uh, someone who seems like... A cheerful person? Yeah, like we don't need to be all heavy and... Right. So we're just going to get it right out here on the air in front of you, Grotto Pod yeah. listeners. And then by the time our guest, Kirsten oh. Chen, arrives... No, no. She's waiting. Oh, she, that's late. right. She's waiting. Well, I was going to try to fool people into thinking that No, we I'm, t- I'm not playing any We didn't spend a half an hour cleaning this place up. Because... We spent a half an hour trying to reassemble yep. things. And by the way, uh, you, we are not uh, experts in reassembling audio devices. And by we, I mean me. For me, obviously. And if you listen to the last uh, Grotto Pod, the Willie Vlotten Grotto Pod, you'll also know that I'm not an expert on operating audio devices either because I sounded like I was talking from the next room, which is ironic because mm. there wasn't a next room because we were just in a hotel room. Oh, but it's funny. Did you notice that our, our little blurb said hotel suite? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had to laugh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's because we strive here. We strive. That um, hotel room was too intimate. <laughs> So this way, it's equally intimate, but we're classier because we were in a suite. It was, did not feel sweet. Like, having been my room, I feel like... But there was a desk. There was a couch. That's true. There was a couch and a desk. And it was a kind desk. Of a love seat. It wasn't really a couch. The couch... Uh, the desk was kind of my way when my batteries died and I had to sprint past it. So was that it. not in the episode? I actually... Listeners, I cut out a part of the episode where I throw myself at the mercy of our guests because of my batteries of my brand new... Mm-hmm. Neat little device and it zoom, so well. uh, died on me. So that's a little bit of writerly advice. If, Always have backup batteries. Yes. Even if you device. have recorded, I don't know, maybe a thousand interviews on a device in your life and never had the batteries died. Yeah. And I'm talking starting with. Oh, I had one of those. The little with the micro cassettes. Yeah. Oh, I had. So I have all these micro cassettes, or I did, and I didn't know, should I throw them away? I just couldn't decide what to do. And finally, I just threw them away because I couldn't bear yeah, the, the stress of I went the whole route, micro cassette, digital yeah. cassette, iPhone, yeah, and then the Zoom, which is awesome, which you can plug mics into, which may actually replace all this mumbo jumbo in front of us, especially if people are want to break in here and trash the place. Yeah, I just got my little Zoom and a couple mics. We're in good shape, but that's okay. enough about us. Okay, yes, Let's talk about Kirsten Chen. Yeah, she's because awesome. She is our guest, and she is the author of the just-released uh, novel, Barry, What We Cannot Take. And I've been hearing about this novel quite a bit before it came out. Well, it was one of the most anticipated upcoming books of 2018. I think it was released this year, yeah. Yeah. Uh, According to several sources. Uh, Her first book was Soy Sauce for Beginners, which is a title I love. I love. I have not read it. I haven't either, but it does. I read a lot about it. Yeah. And it does. Soy Sauce does play a prominent role in it because that's the family business that we're dealing with in this family uh, drama. I read that it had done for soy sauce what Sideways did for wine. Oh, whoa. I want to get. I want to circle back to that with Kirsten. Yeah, I do too. Uh, some of Kirsten, we're going to call her Kristen at some point and apologize. Maybe you should get it out of the way now. <sighs> some of Kirsten's uh, bona fides, she's not just a novelist. She's written a lot of short stories yeah. and published all over the place. She was the 2017 NTU NAL writer in residence in Singapore, which is her home country. Right. She came here at 15. Um, I read some interviews with her that were interesting. I don't want to give it away now, but some some good themes rose up that I'd like to talk to awesome. her about. You know, and what we've really got here is um, just a real solid kind of up and coming novelist. You know, I'm 
first of all, one of the things that fascinates me about her is that she does, seems so international. I just saw, I think I saw, I have to ask her this, um, that she was in Beijing with Caitlin Salamine. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I think I saw that on, on Instagram. I know. And uh, she's been at the Singapore Writers Festival, whatever she the actual name She travels the world. Right. And how, I mean, first of all, I mean, Caitlin does this too. Like they travel a lot. But our productive writers. Well, and how I, do you do all that? She and she described her writing uh, methods as very regimented in an interview. I oh my read. god, let's talk about. That. So we are going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, just her life's journey. I think is interesting. What brought her here, and uh, and and actually, one thing I'm interested in too. So the you know, the first novel, the soy sauce novel, described which, as which we shall refer to soy sauce novel as the soy sauce lighthearted, lighthearted, yeah. and but she really shifted gears. Oh, yeah. Uh, to yes. a real serious, uh, uh, what was the, the the revolution in China in the fifties? It's set in the fifties during cultural revolution, the cultural revolution, uh, and serious Historian stuff. Historian, right here. Oh, yeah, that's Bam. Nice. nice. Even Bam. not Bam. art, not art. I, by the way, I haven't even caught up with you since I got back from Italy, and all the art I saw. I know. I was like, dude, is it going to bring me a postcard or anything? Oh my! Well, you can come over, and my wife okay, can show nice. you all the books that she bought. Cause oh, everywhere good. she went, she bought a book. I have seen the Last Supper. Oh yes, how was it? It was pretty cool. Yeah. I, I have my thoughts. You know, I've never seen it. Uh, well, you got to go to a special place in Milan right. to see it. Yeah. You I know what those most I know. <laughs> uh, uh, literary listeners, if you want to get some art. You guys, art. Larry doesn't think I know where the Last let Supper me get you. Let me get you a uh, school on some art here. Here's the thing about The Last Supper. School me. So it hangs in this uh, room that was where the monks used to have basically a cafeteria. Are you going to talk about the door? Yes. Okay. You know, they don't. Okay. This is what I didn't know. Okay. So before, you know, they hung it on the wall. It was great. They're eating. They didn't hang it on the wall. It's a fresco. It's a fresco. Okay. It's part of the wall. They had to go out this other door, go around, get the kitchen, bring their stuff back Everyone to hates eat. that. Yeah. So what do they do? They just cut a door in the middle of uh, the Last Supper. Yeah. That's, that's it. For their many suppers. Yes. Selfish monks. I'm yes, just saying. That's I'm right. just saying those You monks. know, convenience is king. Well, I think we've worked out the kinks of our anger here. And yes, uh, we're ready better. to receive Kirsten Chen, who All is right. a very elegant and graceful woman. I know. Woman. She always looks amazing. Can I just say one thing that I was with her at a party? I had been at, at several parties where she was. And so I thought she was part of the grotto. I did too. So I was like, oh, wait, you're not. Yeah, so I thought I she was I, too. I like posted a picture like, oh, grotto people. And she was like, oh, I'm not in the grotto. I'm, I'm not like, in the really, grotto. you're not? That's how big the grotto's gotten. Perhaps she's just someone who seems at home wherever she goes. Oh, that is very well said. Mm, let's go get her. Okay. Kirsten, welcome to the calm happy gratapod. I say that because we just spent the last five minutes complaining about whatever happened here before him, which is a terrible way to receive a guest. Bad. I know we're bad. If you hear uh, crackling on this, on this recording, it's because BQ has been tasked with holding her mic perfectly still. Otherwise <laughs> it makes a static noise. We hope it's my mic. This is a real Andy Hardy moment for us. You know what that is? You watch those. You Do probably didn't watch those. Yeah. We're, hey, yeah. let's put on a show. They were movies in the thirties and forties. No, They're, there's no need. Honestly. It's really, it's, it's, I shouldn't get it because they're movies from the 40s right. with, they, with Mickey Rooney and they're always putting on a show. We'll do it ourselves yeah. and then they like figure out how to do stuff. But they're able to do it. We're not able to do it. Right. We're, we're doing it right now. We're Thank in, you way for over saying our that. Skis. Kirsten, I, I'm so glad you found a way to fit us in because looking over your schedule, know, my God. you're in town for what, six days? I leave for LA tomorrow. Yeah. And how long have you been back? I got back on Sunday night. So, so I, have a whole, I had a whole week. Oh, okay. good. A whole Monday week. Through Friday. Very relaxing. Tell us a little bit about the tour. Oh, gosh. It feels like a long time ago. I was just saying yeah. that. Um, I, I felt like it it just, the book just came fine. out. What was the publishing date? March 20th. So it's been a month. month. So it's been a month. It's been a month. Um, I was just in Boston. Where was I? Boston, <laughs> D.C., New York, and Palm Beach, which was the kind of surprise. The ad? The, well, they have a book festival there. I was going to oh. say, I'm supposed to go to Palm Beach next year. I wonder For if the book festival? I don't know. Someone it's said, an incredible festival. Oh, good. You've been to some cool ones, though. Were you in China? Um, I was in China for a research trip because okay. I just finished last fall. I did a, a residency oh, right. at a university in Singapore. Which we... Fantastic. We talked about yes, we did. Oh, okay, and I've seen your, I've seen your, I don't know, missives from Singapore <laughs> on social media yes. channels. Yes, but so what you're going on is sort of an old-fashioned big-time book tour. I wouldn't say so. I don't know. You're hitting all the, the oh, big spots, amazing. and I would yeah, say like a big-time book tour is well. One of the people that I did a panel with in Palm Beach is Kwame Alexander. Oh yeah, and he's on a That's 30, 32 oh cities in thirty days. Oh book my gosh. Tour. 
I don't know if I could do so, that. So, like, nothing's big compared to that. After a while, I mean, it just the blur of roadies and groupies and he's parties. Like, he also has a tour bus. Be. Oh he's my like God. a rock star. No. no, my God, yes. Wait, like, wait, 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 wait. He's like a rock star. He's a tour bus with like a master bedroom in the back. Can I ask a question? It. Yes. Who's on this tour bus? Um, Him and his manager, and he has a guitarist that he travels with. Wait. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, wait. seriously. So he might actually have roadies and groupies. Um, I, I imagine. He has I, a tour manager. 30 cities and 32 I, cities I, and 30 I, I'm days. so... Does a tour manager wear a satin baseball jacket? Or is it 30 cities and 32 days? That would be a, that would make more sense. Okay, so that would be exhausting. So you've done... Uh, what, I've done was four it? cities. Four cities in, in how long? <laughs> oh, 10 days. It's okay, still but hard, it's still... Man. It was, it was. I'm tired. I'm tired. You get that and point where you wake up, where am I? Well, well, the real problem was the weather. I was going to say, wasn't it horrible? snowed in Boston. I it know. snowed. I know. Did yeah, you have the right clothes? Well, I, I, I mean, I, I anticipated that it would <sighs> be very did. cold. But then Palm Beach was like 85 degrees. Yeah. Oh, my God. How do you pack for that? It was that terrible. The worst. But, I mean, I did. I did it, guys. I, did. I survived. You're, you're <laughs> good at clothes, though. I have to say that. I had a rollerboard, too. I didn't check anything because it would have been the only way. It's the only way. Yeah, it would have. But anyway, it wasn't compared to, yeah. But you don't expect <laughs> snow in April. No. No. Although that being said, I was just in Montana and it, for a week and it snowed 30 inches. In April? The first week of April. Oh There's craziness God. going on. So, oh, I'm too close. Yeah, you're a little too close. Okay, this is hard to get you guys. Yeah, but you're doing a good job. Am you're I? almost okay. statue-like. Oh. It does seem very hard to do that. Yeah. I want like a... Are we gonna have to pry, we're gonna have to pry sense. your hands off at the end. <laughs> uh, but you seem very like sometimes you see people after they've been on the first leg of a book tour and they look terrible. I'm, I'm gonna just say you look really good. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. Yeah, don't it, look too close because it's just bad food, bad yeah. sleep, bad sleep, bad food, too much drinking. But you're a veteran of this. No. Yeah. Oh, for your I've first done it book, once did you? Before. I've done it once before. Four four years that ago, makes you a veteran. Four years I know, ago. younger. Four years make a difference. Yes, it does. Yeah. Although, I was on book tour in January. Why? My first time. Oh. Because my book came out January 7th, and that was awful. And it was okay. the coldest winter on record on the East Coast. And then the following year, it was colder. But it was so bad. <laughs> At the bad. time. It was oh. so bad. Well, so what's the difference this time? Do you feel like you got a little bit more... Uh, what have you learned between tours one and two? Oh, and just in terms of the touring? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Make it a little yeah, easier. Give us, some, give us some, like, insights. Give us some pro tips. Yeah. <laughs> Always be in conversation with a friend along the way. That's been really nice. Like texting or? Oh, no, no, no. In when I do my book events. Oh, okay. Oh, so when, you know, oh, I, oh, like, oh, I see. Right, okay. Like, so I, okay, I have to ask because I know we have a mutual friend, Vanessa Waugh. Oh, yes. Who is so brilliant. In my opinion, yes. Did she give you that advice, or did you oh, already the have it? No, yeah. I just enjoyed it so much the first time around. I, I mm-hmm. think it's the best idea. For it is. It's for a book. really good idea. It's so much better than one person reading. Is it me? Mm-hmm. Okay, I scratched my head. No, it's not you. It's the mic. I know, but it's me with the mic. Okay. <clears throat> okay. I want to talk a little bit about. Are we done talking about the tour for now? Because I'm wanna... not going to talk anymore. Okay, we're going to talk about all your development as a writer, though. Oh, okay. Now, like you know, most writers take you know whatever their path is. So let's talk about your path. <clears throat> My favorite question to ask all writers. Was there somebody who acknowledged the excellence of your writing when you were young? Yes. Uh, that's a good question. Not really. I grew up in Singapore where creative writing was just not a thing. Ah. Interesting. And, um, and I think it's more of a thing now. I do know that it's more of a thing mm. now. But back when I was in school... It was kind of the thing that people, that the teacher gave you to do when she needed a break. Right. And and why do you, is that cultural? Why do you think that is? Um, probably somewhat. I mean, I think it's the schools that, so Singapore has a really excellent public school system. I know, isn't it? One of the best. It right? is. Yeah. yeah. And the reason for that is because they don't waste time on creative writing. No, I just mean it's very test oriented. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's outcome oriented. Outcome oriented. It's really emphasizes, um, discipline and oh, yeah. memorization to some extent. And so it just doesn't really lend itself to the humanities. I mean, even to this right. day, the best students go into science. You right. know, like, you're, well, we're streamed very early on. So, you know, and the well, best so, students are streamed towards the science. Well, so where does that leave students who are good at the humanities? Do they never find out they're good at the humanities? You know, a lot of, like, a, a kind of a, one of the, um, what, what is the word? Collateral. Damage. Collateral yeah. effects of that is that a lot of the people that I know who become writers, and it, there is a thriving yeah. literary scene in Singapore, 
they were probably people who are also good at the sciences, and mm. often they have degrees in engineering but, or law. Boy, that engineer writes some great press releases but and it, newsletters. But it is. I mean, it was my case. I studied. I was streamed into the sciences. I was a very good student. Right. Um, and I left for boarding school when I was fifteen. And right. I you came parents, here. Uh, well, I came to New Hampshire. Right. That, well, the yes, U.S. U.S. Yes, the U.S. But I think it was partly my parents seeing that um, that I had some strengths that weren't being. What cultivated in school? Yeah, oh, that is now, so interesting to me. As a parent of a of a now almost twenty one year old who's three thousand miles away now at that age, what was it like to leave home and go that far away at age fifteen? You know, it was Sounds easy great. for me. But when I think about what my parents must have gone through, yeah. um, to be Sounds fair, great. my brother I know, I know it does. <laughs> my brother went the year before me. Okay, so, so the path he, was he was the one who had to like forge the path at the same school. Um, yes, but he graduated the year before I got there, oh. so we never crossed over. But still, knowing that he had gone through it, oh, and that totally. he had he survived, no yes. And my parents, it was after he went that my parents were like, "Well, he's doing really well. Do you want to go?" Um, but for them, it must have been... That's a hard decision yeah, to make. I rem- about as far away as you could go. Right, right. I remember when my son was in eighth grade, they brought someone to the school to talk about boarding school. Oh, yeah, it's a great option that so no one thinks of. Are you from... No, it was here in San Francisco. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, it's become a much bigger thing. Yeah. I'm surprised. It's, it's, it's because the lo- there's so big. much demand at the local yep. independent schools that it's an option oh. for people. And I left that meeting thinking, no way, I'm not ready for that. Same. I thought the same thing. And I, I actually left home at 16. Okay, to, so to that was almost my... But I could not imagine it when my kids were that age. Right. I just couldn't imagine. Yeah, you just, I wouldn't be ready. Yeah. No. There were so many kids there who were clearly not ready to, you know what I mean? Oh, I'm yeah. sure, yeah, can, to live on your I, like own. Like, half of them should not have. Right. I can only imagine the den of iniquity. Of- <laughs> and they teach you to smoke cigarettes, like, the first week, right? Right. Like, here's how you... Here's your blue coat, your blue sport coat. Here's, here's your you pack of up. cigarettes. <laughs> orientation. Yeah, Done. that's Bam. part of orientation. But so, but that was obviously a key component to you moving toward the humanities. Probably. Yes, definitely. Definitely. But even then I wasn't really, uh, I did not have much interest in creative writing, probably mm-hmm. not until college. And even then it was by accident. Like it wasn't. Oh, so how, so how does what that happen? What was the accident? Is this a Caitlin Solomini? I couldn't get into Japanese class. So I took Chinese and it changed my life. Is that what happened to Caitlin? No way. And that's she crazy. She's so good at Chinese. Is that too. crazy? That's, I, didn't, I never knew that story. Yeah. I don't know if it was Japanese class. No, but it, it was. was it was something like that. It was like she didn't get into the thing she, she wanted. She wanted to go to the foreign service. And so they put her in oh my Chinese. Yeah. And, and she's she, like fluent in Chinese and such a and well, and loved it, it and lived abroad. Yeah, and yeah, that yeah, yeah. Her second home. And, oh, how funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. so fate. Well, I guess kind of. of no, not, nothing. Not well, that that's dramatic. a way more dramatic story. But I was, um, so I was a comparative literature major, which was already very, very artsy and humanities oriented. Um, and I walked into a class called the short story thinking it was a literature class on how to oh, read a short story oh. and then end up being how to write the short story. Oh my gosh, that's totally interesting. What was writing that first short story like then? It was, well, well, that was the other thing, was that the class was completely full, and there was a wait list, because it's a really popular class. Because okay. everyone thinks it's easy. Well, probably, yes. Everybody thinks it's easy. And also, like, then you have, like, the grad students who think they maybe want to be writers. So there were, like, I remember there was, like, a law school major in the class. Like, it was, like, a weird group. Um, and that's why one of the reasons I was intrigued. And... Um, because there was a wait list, I had no shot of getting in, and the professor asked for a volunteer to submit a story to the next class, and nobody volunteered, and that's when I said, like, if I turn in the first short story, will you let me stay? Oh, my yeah. gosh. my The top of my head is blown. Really? <laughs> Off. So you, but you, okay, so you put, you sent, you volunteered. That's not it. Yes. That's incredible, too. Your first, was this the first story you'd ever yeah, written? Yeah, it was, it was like, And yes. it got workshopped? Yes. Well, that's why nobody volunteered. It was like an intro class. Everybody was doing it for the first time. Oh, okay, okay. okay. You know? But still. But still, I, and usually, I, I started writing stories as a kid, so by the time one got savaged right. in a workshop, I had already written hundreds. You know what, though? The Singapore school system really primes you to take feedback. Because you, get, it's you never get savaged. Been, yes. I mean, you just it's never been – that has always been my strength, almost to my detriment. Because mm-hmm. as a writer, you need to have some conviction and some Absolutely. instincts. And mm-hmm. that's something that I'm still working on developing because I'm – Good at taking feedback almost to a fault, I think. Mm. But that's a huge thing. I think that's the biggest difference between a professional writer and someone who isn't is the instincts. Well, can you take, hear the hard things and do what you need to do with them? Yes. It's exactly. really hard. Exactly. Really hard. Yes. So 
how is it received? The first story I ever wrote? Yeah, yeah. I think fairly well, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. It was, I mean, we didn't know what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really fun. Um, I wouldn't say that it was maybe, it, I wouldn't say it's the first story I'd ever written. You know, like I, as a kid, I'd written right. little things and stuff. But um, definitely the first thing that I'd written for anybody to read, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um I must have really liked it or I wouldn't have stuck with it. I mean, I remember, but I mean, even then I kind of thought of it as a break from literature, you know, Mm -hmm. like it was still like, I'll take these great writing classes when I'm tired of writing analytical essays. But so even when you graduated, you went out and got a job. Oh yes. At, uh, I think Banana Republic. Correct. (laughs) Who does his research as a merchandise planner. So you're on that track, which is a very different track, which is a very solid. Yes. Your parents back in Singapore are like, oh, good. Oh, my, yeah. My dad is oh, uh, in bet. business. And he was like, he's a supply chain guy. And he was oh. like, my daughter's in supply chain. <laughs> <laughs> but also, <laughs> banana Republic, like, clear what it is. Yeah. Yes. yes. Recognizable brand. Yeah. And, you know, that was always my plan. My plan was always to major in a really impractical major and, and, and read just... as many books as I wanted and then get a practical job. And I was always told I could do that because back then, liberal arts majors. I think that yeah. is the best idea for almost any student. That's my personal thing. It's not the most honestly. practical idea. Why I don't is know it not? It's the same thing. Why I don't know if you can still get hired I don't hired know if you can still arts. do it. Like you yeah. could when I graduated, yeah. you know? I don't oh. know if you can still do it. I don't care. I'm <laughs> sick of people being undereducated. Well, I loved yeah. it. <laughs> I love it. Except that I didn't love the banana. The problem was the yes. second part of the plan didn't work out. <laughs> right. right. So t- take us through that then. I got a job at Banana Republic. I thought it would be my dream job. Yeah. Like, oh, You're living here in San Francisco. Yeah, living in San Francisco. Like, this is great. The best way to live in San Francisco. I thought I was making a lot of, you know, it seemed like a lot of oh, money. Right, right, um, right, right, right. And I just hated it. <laughs> That's tough. I just yeah. hate jobs. <laughs> that maybe, I realize that. That may be it. I mean, and it took me a while to hate it, too, because I was so good at being a good student that I could just yes. kind of... Yes. Be motivated by being told I was doing well. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that kind of, I jammed on that for a couple of years. Well, what did you then, hate about it? Was it the work itself uh, or was it the stuff Bridget's talking about? The going to the office, the meetings? I going and... there at the same time every day. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I was okay. Like, I I was okay with that. I mean, I kind of treat my writing like like I'm extremely We got to talk about that. Yeah. Oh. We got to talk about that. Okay. Because <laughs> I picked that up so from I'm an interview okay with you. With that. That, yeah. I'm okay with that. I hated the, um, it was real. I mean, it was really cyclical. Like, I thought it would be this creative job where you're like around clothes and but it was I could have been selling tires right it was numbers or and I was much more on the number side like uh, it was it was a finance job yes yes. and then also but but the reason I chose that path was because when I was doing um so sorry back up a little I did um uh what they call a management training program where they rotate you through the three main things and merchandising is the one is the person who picks the clothes yeah and I thought I would love that yeah but I hated it too. Like it was like details. Like, you know, it was like, should we have this button or this button, like this trim, like stuff. Right. That I was just like, it's Minutia. not, it's not just like picking clothes, you know, it's like, <laughs> I like it. And it's not picking clothes you want to wear. Right. You know, right. it's a completely different thing. Right. So you're staring down at a crisis. Yes. And, and you think I'm going to write a novel. Yeah. What I'm going <laughs> to do is go back to problem. school and get well, an MFA. That's the thing too, is that <laughs> I hadn't written at all in the three years since I graduated. I had no identity as a writer, even though I had minored, I'd minored in creative writing. Okay. It. I had no identity. Like Still, I did not identify something. as a writer. Yeah. I mean, it's something, yeah. 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 but three years into the job, when I decided to apply to MFAs, I hadn't written a single <sighs> thing in those three years. I took the last story I wrote my senior year and sent it in for my application. Wow. Which is like terrible. I mean, was, like, I think back to how poorly thought out that whole thing was. But you got in. I got in, yes. You, like me, applied to Emerson College. Oh, yes. And I saw that. I thought maybe she was there at the same time, and then I realized you were eight years old when I was there. <laughs> Wait, did you go? You, you got your MFA at Emerson? No, nah, I went there for one semester and bailed. You chased a girl. I did. Back to the West Coast and got mine at SF State. Oh, that's probably... I mean... No, nah, it was dumb. It was a bad decision. Did you like it? Were you, I mean, you were only there for one, one year or one I might have liked one semester. Oh, one semester. Oh, I might have liked it. I don't know. And then you transferred <laughs> to SF State? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, not a good move as far as... Cultivating relationships? Uh, no, I was thinking more of like... Reputation of schools. Oh, got it. SFSU oh. has a good reputation. Yeah, SFSU has a good one. Does it? Yeah. Okay. I hear Poe Bronson went there. I know. I think he went with them, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, 
So you got there. Now, when you got there, was Emerson still just a bunch of buildings on Beacon Street, or did it have the campus? It had the campus. Okay, so yeah. you had the campus. Wait, I mean, you mean the campus around the commons? When I was there... It's still on Beacon Street. But it was just random buildings. Like, oh, that's a house, and that's Emerson College, and that's a house oh, that someone no, lives in. Oh, no, it's much more purposeful. Yeah, like, you can see yeah. The, it's, it was lovely. I love Boston. Yeah, it's, it's a nice place. Snow, yeah. Snow. Besides the snow. Whoa, and okay. there we go. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, what you just heard was a mic <laughs> toppling over. Someone's going to pay for this. <laughs> that's all I have to say. Okay. Uh, maybe. I think it's okay. It's wedged in here. Okay, good. I wedged it. You are seeing. That's my. How the sausage gets made today (laughs) here at the Grotto Pod. Well, other than liking Boston, though, did did the switch come on? Well, actually, you know, I'm sort of surprised because what you're painting a picture of us as someone who wasn't really committed to writing when they no, went to grad not school. At all. Oh my God, no! Oh, what did your parents say? Oh, they were horrified. Okay, okay, well, good. but they hit it really well, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know what they thought. I mean, my dad was like, "Can you take a sabbatical from your job?" And oh, I was like, yeah. "For three years, no." <laughs> Gotta work. Yeah, build up a little but more no, time. They love me. I mean, I think I kind of told them that I would teach afterwards. Mm, like, yeah. I didn't. Know. That's the ace in the hole, right there. Which is not true, though. It's very difficult to get a teaching job, especially yeah, one that can oh my pay you a yeah, living no, wage. Anyone who's making a living. Right, and exactly. My, my most of my friends are art history PhDs, which mm. I, I would think there'd be more jobs, but maybe there's not. Maybe there's more writing jobs. I don't know. But I mean, you can always teach rough, comp, man. so there's that. But yeah, still, yeah. oh god. So it was a terrible decision. Yeah. My parents were worried but supportive. And you know what's interesting is my That's mom's awesome. a musician. Oh, so she gets it a little bit. But she was more worried. So this is her well, fault. She knows <laughs> exactly. That's and my yeah. mom is a PhD. You know, she got a, her doctoral degree in music and is a professor. And so yeah. she, but she saw how hard it was, and yeah. she was more worried than my dad. Um, I don't know why they. I mean, they couldn't say anything. I don't know. I was like, yeah, I don't know why they let me do it, but it was a bad decision. <laughs> now, but at this point, are you still single? Uh, yes, I was. Okay. Yes. As we Googled you, one of the things that popped up was your wedding announcement. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but was I wasn't sure of the timing. School, that was at the end yes. of grad school. Okay. Boston, though, good place to meet people of the same age because there's so many it's schools. It's a great place yeah. to be a student. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I wonder how great it is a place to be when you're not a student, but as a, yeah, as a grad I have student, no idea. it's fantastic. I know. I can imagine it being really fun. Yeah, yeah. But by the time you finished then... What was your focus? Oh, by the time I finished, I mean, my, my you had the first, novel already. I had, right? My first novel was my master's thesis. Mm-hmm. So, so amazing. It, it was, Very it was cool. lucky. Yeah, yeah. It was, this, it was, a, once I had that, it was, once I actually got to school, I would say it was a fairly straight line. That's incredible. You know, but I did arrive at school with, you know, people showed up at school with like 600 page manuscripts ready to go. Any good? And, Mm, probably they rewrote them a couple of times, but I just mean people came with like things they right. wanted to work on, and they've and been I, writing, right? That's and I had just difference. had no idea. Wow, that blows my mind. It's a pretty, it's a long shot. Oh yeah, oh but yeah. So good. Okay, so you're get your master's thesis, find a publisher. That's so it took a, it took a long time. Okay, I mean, so you rewrote it after that. Well, like, yeah, like yeah, ten yeah. times. Okay, see, so yeah. that's important for people to hear. Yeah, so no, 2009, I graduated. graduate and then get an agent and publish the novel. No, yeah. well, 2009, I graduated. Yeah. 2010, I got an agent based on the first 40 pages of my book, so it wasn't done. Oh, by oh okay. So my agent got and it, I got signed got very it. early. Okay. And I when see. you when you hit the ground after graduating, you weren't just working that novel though; you were publishing short stories. Yes, yeah, to some extent. Sure. Were you also? Have you done? <laughs> I mean, I wasn't whatever. like in the New York, you know. Was, no, but you were getting yeah, into yeah. you know the literary magazines. Sure. Have you it's done? Still hard, man. Yeah. yeah. Have, have hard. you done any nonfiction? No. Zero I mean, nonfiction. Whenever I have a book come out, I write the essays that they tell me to write. Right, and get them placed <laughs> places, and yeah. But I am not a nonfiction writer, and I no longer write short stories, even really very much. Because they just, they're so hard. They're so hard. They take so long. Yes. Why not put all that energy into a novel? Yes. Well, that's kind of, and I also have tunnel vision when I work. So I'm not mm-hmm. one of those people that takes a break and writes a story. Okay, I need to talk about Yeah, let, let's jump off to chronological and, right and, and talk about, because I did read that you said you're very regimented. That's the word you yes. use when you're writing. So describe to us <laughs> a writing day. Then. Oh, gosh. Well, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't had one in a while. Right, because you've but, been on the road. Um, in general, if I'm not teaching, I try to, um, I do yoga in the morning. I'm just writing an essay about this right now. I do yoga in the morning. I know. I, I, come I home. like your yoga pictures. Uh, oh, thank you. But yeah. not goat yoga, right? No. What's goat yoga? Oh, don't even get started. No, it's a real thing, but. 
Google it. We'll talk about this talk. After. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, okay. so we I can't I, have two in a row where we talk about goat yoga. <laughs> oh, oh, it's a theme. It's a common theme on the podcast. Oh, it's, it's come up. It's come up. <laughs> no, um, she does awesome yoga. I, I, uh, I write in my house in my in my office at the same time every day, and I shut up the internet. And if I'm drafting, I draft a thousand words a day. And if I'm revising, I revise in two hour chunks and then take a break, come back. And is this how you live your life or yes. just how you write? It's how I live my life. I would it's think it'd be hard to do one and not the other. Yeah, no. I mean, the real impetus to start was the yoga. Actually, I became an, a regular everyday yogi first. Mm. And that taught me how to bring that approach to my writing. And it has been... Well, I mean, it really works for me. I can yeah. see it not working for <laughs> yeah, a lot of people, just as most people don't want to wake up at six to do yoga every day. So, but it really works for me. I think that the, that, that kind of thing, the intention and the willingness to like get out of bed and do the something. The regularity of it. It, is, it totally yeah. goes between those two things. Do I you ever feel as though if you stopped for one day, you'd never be able to pick it up again? No. I, I have that problem Wait, where it's oh, just... Oh, because when you have the regular... Like, thing. spell's broken. It's over now. Yeah. Oh, I went gosh. running for 90 days in a row, but on 91, I stopped, and that well, was it. It's over now. But I do it five days a week. I'm not militant about it. I take the weekend, you know. Mm-hmm. So I took a whole day off last weekend, and I felt like a completely different person. And in a I, good way? In a good way? In such a good way. And, oh. I, and I realized that I have been on such the hard charge for about a year and a half but right. it's so easy in our work to feel like I'm just going to sneak this in here and sneak right. that in there and do a little something tonight. And I got, I've got to start saying I have to take a day off or right. like mm. regularly. So I think your way of being regimented, but not crazy is probably the healthiest and, and most productive, but also very relaxed. The right. thing about it is that like, I, I've explained this to people, you know, if it takes you an hour and a half to write a thousand words that day, then you're done. Like I don't right. try to sit down was, for six hours. I was going to ask how many hours of your day this involves. Depends. Yeah. Right. I mean, that was Carolyn. Cause it's your job. Yeah, but right. if I get it done, I don't try to write 2,000 words. Okay. You know? Oh, that's interesting. No, but, but that's what's so great about it. But even right. if you're in the middle of something, a I scene, mean, you just... Yeah, no, I'll, sometimes I'll write 1,100. Mm. <laughs> Go crazy. But I mean, I, I, like, if I'm done, I'm done. I think... I think that is... And I celebrate I it, too. I'm like, 1,000 yeah. words, yeah. this is great. And then you get that, like, kick every day. Now, there seems to be, a, a, not a disagreement, I guess, a controversy. Um, <laughs> writers who can do that... No matter what's going on, and writers who got to keep going till that scene's over, or till till whatever, till the till the buzz is over, you know. Yeah. I'm going, man. I'm going to go another thousand. I don't really get a buzz though. I mean, that's one of the things is mm-hmm. that it's not a right. It's because a job. It's, it's your, your job. job, right? It's like you're and you're doing it every day. I mean, I I only have a 500 word rule, and I find it hard to meet. So I think a thousand would be really. You're healthy. writing nonfiction, right? Are it seems the, yeah nonfiction, but that seems the opposite. Shouldn't it be easier for me than it is for I you? Know. I think I so. Know. I don't know. I think so. I think I just <laughs> you need think to like, get my ass in the chair. <laughs> I think of- everybody needs to come up. A, a thousand is the right number for me because yeah. I think like I think naturally my rhythm would be around seven or eight hundred. I, I don't. I'm just kind right. of throwing that out. But so then to have to like right past that limit, yeah, you know, just push just past okay. a little bit further. So that's that's I guess that's the key. Then you're just pushing a little bit further. Yeah. Than your normal, comfortable. I think so. Limit. Do you approach the business side of writing in the same way? Uh, I'm teeing that up for you because I know you've talked about this before. Have I? Oh, There's about um, the, the challenges way- of making oh, sure it stays yes. separate. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, um, no, actually, I they're don't not think, as regimented. No, I don't think of publicity I, as much as possible. I try to. I know this. This is going to be controversial. I don't think of publicity as my job, really. And First I know a lot Jen of writers comes in and dropping knowledge. <laughs> I've got to hear about that. That's actually this. something yeah. that I've learned from my first book to my second book. How do you get away with that? Well, I've just decided that I'm going to do the kind, the parts of publicity that I really like, and I'm not going to do the stuff that I hate because what do you hate? I, I kind of hate writing essays. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'll do them. You know, if yeah. somebody asks for, and if there's a, you know, and if the top it happens to align with something I really want to write about, like I did this essay for lit hub that I was really happy to, yeah. to work on. Um, but I'm not going to write 10 essays. You know, they tell you to write 10 essays and pitch them just as your pub, your pub date is coming up. You know, mm. like, I just, I'm, I'm not that good at writing yeah. essays. So then yeah. it really takes so much time for me to write, to get yeah. an essay yeah, that's yeah, yeah. worth pitching. Yeah. It just is, I mean, it's something I dread. 
And so, so that's one thing that I've just decided it's not your strength. It's not my strength anyway. Right. And what part right. do you like? Um, I like readings. I like, um, like I don't have stage fright, you know, it's, it's right. a comfortable thing for me to do. You don't mind traveling. I don't mind Some traveling. Hate traveling. Much. I know some people hate traveling. Um, but you know, events I will do, um, any kind of interview, you know, I'm pretty comfortable talking about my work. I know mm. there's some people who just really hate, mm-hmm. um, having to talk about the process or something mm-hmm. like nothing, that stuff doesn't bother me. Um, but I kind of, um, with my last book, I kind of developed this sort of like equation in my mind where I was like, every, you know, you could do like 1000 things for 1000 little mm-hmm. things. And each of those little things will probably sell three to five books on a good, right? So yeah. I ask myself that with yeah. every little thing. I'm yeah. like, is this worth the extra mm. three to five books? And if it's not, then I don't do it. I told my publisher, that my editor this, and she looked horrified. And I was like, oh, you're not I the was, audience. <laughs> right. I was right. going to ask right. how yeah. the publisher and the editor feel about that attitude. <laughs> because I guess I look at it, and this could be completely wrongheaded, but I look at it like every time I make a connection, it it um, bolsters another connection. So like That's people, true. people need to like see me or see my name or see my work 10 times before they're going to react. That's and fair. And so I just try to chip away. Yeah. I will say that generally if people ask for things, I will say yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm not necessarily going out and asking them to ask me to do something. Yes. I see what you're saying. Completely. Are you at the point yet where you have a response, not a responsibility, but opportunities to help newer writers? I mean, I shouldn't say that. I, I always say yes to blurbs, mm-hmm. you know, because I know how it's awful so it is. So hard. yeah, like things yeah. like the, anything that I can do that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not, I don't have power. No, <laughs> but, it does, it, but there does get to be a point where, you know, a lot of people are looking to you for advice, for reading, for, um, and it does, mm. those boundaries are hard. I find them hard to. We've yes. talked about that in here. You've talked about that yeah. in here before. Just on your, t- the demands on your time. Yeah. Right. Cause you want to be helpful and you want to support other people's careers and support young writers and support emerging writers and, you know, all of those things, but then at what, at what cost to your own writing? Right. Yeah. No, I will say I haven't gotten to the stage where it started to affect mm-hmm. my work at this point. I'm so appreciative of all the people that have yes. helped, you know, yes, that have totally. gotten, helped me get across the line. And yeah. I'm so happy. To, yeah. To and you happen. don't, you, did you, did I hear you write when you said you haven't been writing when you're touring? No, I don't. Well, that, I mean, I don't try to when I, now, are you one of those people who has a sort of I guess emotional need to write. Is that what I'm looking no. for? And you don't, I'm, that's what I guessed you would say. No, and you don't feel this escaping sense of loss because you haven't written in a week. <laughs> it's a job. Somebody asked me this. But you just can just rev it back up. Somebody asked me if, you know, when did you know that writing was your calling? And I said, I'm so sorry to have to tell you, it's not my calling. You know, really? it's my job. I couldn't imagine a better job. Right. At this job. point, it's yeah. a great job. Yeah. But I mean, at any given day, if you said, would you rather be reading on the beach? Of course, the answer. You're not one of yes. those. But uh, I know that's not everybody. Why do you write? Because I have to. No. Oh, my God. No. And I've never related to it. That's never. so interesting. That is really interesting. Yeah. Because I think, especially for someone who's made big changes and committed to something so totally, it's very refreshing to hear like, yeah, man, I'm just like doing the work. Yeah. And I mean, you know, with my first book, it took a long time to sell. It took eight months for my agent to sell it. And we got a couple, you know, 19. Okay. Well, yeah, fine. (laughs) I know, I know there are people who've taken longer, but you know, we had 19 rejections and you know, and I just kind of thought, you know, I probably, if this book doesn't sell, I'm going to write another one. No, I I probably won't write anymore. Oh, oh, oh my God. (laughs) Because I, no, because I was like, you know, I've, I know there are many people who, 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 who do go on to write several, you know, yeah. I Many think books. In the last two weeks, the writers we had on between them had 15 novels that they had right. never sold. Yeah. But I don't think I would feel that way. And I'd had another job before. Right. And, and you, you knew know, you could get another one. And, and I knew I could get another one. And there's other things I, I don't, well, actually, I don't know what I would have done. I was, I look, I was very, very sad about it, but right. I don't think I would have pushed through. That's any, funny. Any so in, in another world, another dimension, you could have just been someone with another job and that would have come up as a party conversation. Yeah. You know, I wrote a novel once. Yeah. What? Really? 
Yeah, I got an MFA. I guess. I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's not that hard to imagine. It does happen. It happens all the time. Yeah. Was, can I just ask, was the title of your first novel, Soy Sauce for Beginners, your title, or was that later? Oh my God. It was a title that, uh, well, I like it. I I I love it. it. For years, the book had a terrible title, and it was like to the extent that in my graduate program, people would give me joke joke titles because they knew, like, Kirsten's looking for a title. (laughs) And people would, and they would just throw out like ridiculous titles like The Soy Luck Club, Love Lost and Soy Sauce. Oh, like just you. like jokes. This is really good. <laughs> you need to have a whole list. Yeah, soil. Yeah, there were so many the soil terrible. Club is, yeah, soil club was a, a gem. And yeah, then, and then really one of my best friends at grad school, like years into the book, was just like, "How about soy sauce for beginners?" And I was like, "How long have you been sitting on this title? Know, like, why so didn't you?" Good. It is a good it. title. Yeah, that's it. Immediately mine, makes me want to read it. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you want. But yeah, no, it is what you want. Um, so I'm trying to decide where I want to go. Do I want to talk about that book or? Well, let's new talk book. about new book. Let's talk about the difference between so soy sauce for beginners is more light, way more lighthearted. Yes. Than very what you can't take, very, very what, what you cannot take. take, very what we cannot take. Yes, what we cannot take. Tell us about the process by which you decided not to write another lighthearted book. Oh, I mean. I've only ever had two novel ideas. It's not mm. like I had 10 ideas to choose from. <laughs> well, you've got you three because you're working on something yes. now. Okay. Yeah. I've had three ideas, but mm. I just mean, you know, it wasn't as if I had five ideas in my lap and I was like, I'm going to write that one. You know, it was, yeah. Um, it I was, was the next idea. It was the next idea. Yeah. Exactly. Gotcha. And I'd been, you know, it, my book was on submission at the time. And so, so smart. Oh. Well, just I mean, started. I had no choice. It was, yeah. I didn't know how long it would be on submission yeah. for. And yeah. it was, we were at a point when it, where it was clear that we may, it, wouldn't sell that, you know, like my agent, I had had the tough conversation. What would we do if it didn't sell this next round? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so I started working. I was also, I had a fellowship at um, San Jose state at this oh, time. Right, I remember so that. I was oh, right, still right. a fellow. So I had to be working. I mean, so you're no longer living in San Jose. No, no. I, well, I always lived in the city. Oh, you did. Yeah. Cause I read an interview where you were just waxing philosophical about the San Jose scene and oh, so that, nice yes. to not be in New York. And... <laughs> well, I was referring to San Francisco. When oh, okay. I said that. Yes. I've always lived in San Francisco. Yeah. Was there any um, hesitation on the part of your publisher when you said novel number two is going to be way heavier than novel number one? Well, no, because I wasn't under contract. Okay. They had right of first refusal and or whatever they call yeah, it. Yeah, I think that yeah, is right. right of, yeah. They got to see it first, but um, no, no. And I and I knew I wasn't going to write anything. Like I knew soy sauce was done. I was it's a standalone. A oh yeah. Like, oh, I don't mean it. a sequel, but something with the same tone. No. Yeah. Oh well. Oh, same tone. I mean, that wasn't even. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I, just, even, I got this idea. I'm going to pursue it. I was just looking it. for an idea that could sustain a novel. That was like the only requirement. It's not that easy. You know, no. I don't, oh, I don't I have tons of ideas. I, 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 that's the part about writing fiction that blows my mind. Like, but some people making have, stuff up. Well, no, I can handle making stuff up. Unfortunately, I wish I could say I don't have <laughs> <laughs> that temptation, but to find to what is the idea? Like I can go do a bunch of research and say to myself, like, okay, here's the whole story, and I can say right. this right is that's what very smart. Work. And you know upfront before you start that right. it's going to be, a but book it's book. not really like that for the. That's for also novels. why I think when you said writing short stories is too hard, mm-hmm. I think it's easier because only one thing needs to happen. Yeah, but to get it right, so I mean, you just take so many drafts, and yeah, I mean, also because I don't brim with ideas. <laughs> I know you have to I mean, like restart again. Yeah, you have to come up with a whole that's new true. idea. But I mean, I have friends who have five different novel ideas at any given time, you know? So it just is. I, I mean, when you were saying short stories versus a book, in a way, and, and that you don't like to write essays, essays are basically short stories. Yes, that's and, why they're so hard. And they're hard. And in some ways, I find it easier to dive into a big topic like a book than to try and like get in and get out of an essay and make it really shine. Yeah, and that's probably part of it. That's probably part of it. I like working on things over time. I like having, you know, how long did it take you to write the second book? Um, so I started it in 2011, but I was pulled away multiple times to work on my first book. Cause then it, by then right. it is sold. Um, so I would say three to four years, probably. Mm-hmm. So that's um, about average. Probably. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. shorter than it took my first book. So yeah. I don't know. And awesome. according to your website, that was a most anticipated upcoming book. Oh yes. <laughs> Yay. What's the, what's the weight of that? Or is that great? The weight of that? Yeah. I mean, expectation. There's no psychic weight. I mean, I'll take any, any, any of those lists that the book can get on. It's fine by me, but yeah. (laughs) And now that it's come out, how's it doing? It seems to be doing any sense. 
I mean, it's impossible. I don't know. Oh, it's so hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's doing Although well. Although I've seen it on a bunch of lists, I have to say. Yeah, it has. That's nice. Yeah, it is nice. It is nice. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it seems, seems good. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's hard, it's hard it's to tell. It's a very yeah. opaque business yeah. to know how well things are doing. And also, like, relative to what? Yeah. And, and I, I'm guessing you're not one of those writers who's, you know, obsessively checking Amazon for your sales. I'm not, but I mean, it's, it's available. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, okay. Here's one thing to put in that puts this in perspective is my first book. Um, I was very happy with the way my first book sold and I knew this book was not going to do, like, I already knew it wasn't going to do the same because amount. of topic. Well, because of topic, but also because of the, um, the weight that my publisher, I see. Behind, you know, like, yeah. I, like yeah. they did specific things for my first book that I wasn't going to get the second time. Around. I see. Well, and, debut author too. Like, exactly. Exactly. And yeah. so I knew that. So now then I have nothing to compare it to because yeah. I, I, it's, you know, I knew yeah. it wasn't going to sell the same way my first okay, book. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I don't it know. It still could. Uh, I suppose they yeah. say that, yeah. but, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, I'm very happy with the way it's going. I just have nothing really to compare it to. And now you're working on a new one. Yes. Tell us a little bit about, now you said you, you had worked on, started this, this one while your first novel was in submission. Yes. Now you're working on the new one, but it sounds like you're just in research phase. Well, no, actually. So I had this wonderful opportunity to um, be in residence at a university in Singapore right. from August Last, to December. Right. And I needed a topic because I, I needed something to you work needed on. topic well, number three. Said, yes. No, it was actually, I mean, quite frankly, since the election, which was November, I hadn't written anything new from November until August. What did you work on then? I worked on revision for okay. my book. Yeah. And okay. I don't know what I worked on. I mean, I, but you were every, you yeah, were there. Yeah. I was there. Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I was, I was work. I mean, I had like, I had to revise my book. The book had just sold in November. We, mm-hmm. we sold the book one week before the election. So, you know, I was working on my book, but I had not worked on anything new. And then when I got this residency, I was kind of in a panic because I didn't know what I would work on when I went. And I knew I was leaving for. Can, four can I ask you yeah. a question that might be too personal? And no, if so, no. just tell me. But are you a U.S. citizen? No, I'm not. So are you nervous traveling back and forth this way, uh, given the current climate? I have a green card. Um, I mean, one of the reasons I took this residency in Singapore was because I wanted to figure out if I could live in Singapore if I had to. I have oh. a Singapore passport. Oh, yeah. And and could you? I think so. Yeah. I mean, it would be harder for my husband because he, he's not. He, well, he's not. But I mean, he yeah. could. With me. Yeah. But he's got stuff going on here. He's got a lot of stuff going on here. <laughs> That's what I mean. Yes. People do. Yes. But I, mean, I Googled him too. Yeah. He would be making larger sacrifices with his job. Yes. Yeah. And for me, I think that I could barely see And your family's there. Like, right. that's a big yeah. deal. Yeah. But a big reason I went was because I was like, yeah. okay, you, if, you know, I, I'd known about this residency for a long time. It never seemed like the right time. And it was like, okay, now is the right time because yeah. you want to figure out if, right. you, if you have to move back. Well, could and you? Is it true that your Chinese has suffered? Well, yes. <laughs> you said it was almost gone in an interview. Yes. Oh, yes, it is. No, why are you laughing? My reading ability is is much diminished because there's no alphabet. It's all memorization. Oh, and so if you don't use it, you man. lose it. But do, do you speak English with your parents? Yes. Okay. English so, is my first language. That's that one, one of the huge that problems. explains yeah. everything. Mm. Yes. So... And you don't need to worry about it. So you have to do research. Maybe. <laughs> well, yes, I did have yeah. to just do a research so trip in China. Which that's, and what you did you conclude after your after your residency? Did you decide to with this book? No, no. Oh. As far as Singapore. Oh, as far as Singapore. Um, if I had to, I could. That's yeah, what I could. You had to. You could. Yeah, and and actually, with not much sacrifice. Mm-hmm. I mean, no. Obviously, it would be a sacrifice, but I just mean it would be one of the more seamless. Yeah, I mean, moves, it's you know? not a bad place for sure. No, yeah. Yeah, it would be a, a, a larger complication for my husband. Yeah. So that is a complication for me. <laughs> yes, it does work like that. Do you have Always. any kids? No, we don't. That's another That reason. makes it easier. Well, that's yeah. how I left for four months. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> dumb question. I always think, like, maybe when you go someplace else, they have a completely different culture where someone else will take care of your children while you're right. Oh, you would have like a little mom in your hands or something. That in Singapore, for sure. I mean, right. a ton of, um, not a ton, but a lot of my friends who were living in the U.S., much like me, came for school, stayed, mm-hmm. I've moved, once they had kids. That happens back. a lot, yeah. yeah when so. you came when you were 15, though, what was the I plan? Um, the plan was... Did to, you think, I'm going to stay here? Or did you no, think, no. High school, boom, I'm back. I, well, no. We, the plan was always to go to college. Like, that okay. was one of the reasons okay, my to, parents to sent us to boarding yeah. schools, because they wanted us to come here yeah. for college mm-hmm. anyway. And then... I don't know. After that, things just kind of 
But my brother did Fall the same thing. Yeah, he's still here too. Yeah, I mean, my brother. Well, this is too much detail, but he happens to be have been born in America when my parents were in grad school. Uh, so yeah. he's American, oh, so, but he yeah. got his. You know, he went to grad school. Now he's a professor. So we're both oh, here. So fun. he's in New York. I'm in San Francisco. That's your closest relative, three thousand miles away. Yes, <laughs> my husband lives here, and my husband. That's correct. <laughs> I'm just saying that is true. <laughs> So you're, are you in, you're still just in research for the new novel or have you started well, so writing? I wrote a whole draft while I was in Singapore oh, because, oh my God. Well, because we got, we got sidetracked yeah. because I had these That's months. Amazing. I taught one day a week, three hours a week. Yeah. And then I wrote the rest of the time and I did was my thousand amazing? words a day. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how it just adds up? I mean, it was, no, but I mean, one of, this was actually a chance for me to put this really, this theory of a thousand words to, to, to work because I knew that if I wanted a draft, I couldn't miss more than right. a, a right. couple of days. Yeah, because yeah. so it was yeah. what, four months. four months. Four months. That is yeah, yeah. so inspiring, you guys. Four months to write. <laughs> it a is novel. the fastest I've ever written. It's not. I mean, I couldn't yeah. recreate. That. I don't think I could recreate that here. I mean, it was a, it was a residency. It. I had moved across halfway, you know, mm-hmm. all the way. Right, and you're like, maybe you could have cereal for dinner if you felt like it. Yeah, or I mean, it was just I had, there, yeah. I had very few responsibilities. Yeah. I find dinner to be That's the first really thing you a thought of. time suck. You can have cereal for dinner. <laughs> Fantastic. Hey man, just cleaning up from dinner takes me an hour. You cannot, yeah, you don't have to think about the things you don't want to yeah. think about. Mm-hmm. I, that's yeah. how I took it. Yeah, yes, it was metaphorical. Dinner. Although I do dinner. like cereal. Yeah. I'm really into cereal, actually, but yeah. Okay, so you got that draft. I don't like you. See, I like you on your mic because now you're both looking at me. What's next? <laughs> oh, also, I see the dynamic against, against you. you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Girls against boys. I love it. That's a tough one. Um, how much longer are you touring? Um, well, I'm going to LA and Santa Barbara tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And Two in one day? Oh no. LA for the weekend, Santa Barbara oh, Monday, and then I'm back. That's pretty much all the travel. All the big travel mm-hmm. is done until the fall, and then hopefully I'm going to do some Asia like book festivals and fun. And then I want to do a launch in Singapore because that's really mm-hmm. I want to do a book festival in Asia. The Singapore there Writers are, Festival looks really so great. great. Really great. Well, and it sounds like not you still, you, but, yeah. you know, you still keep. Clearly, you keep some of yourself in Singapore, yeah. met, uh, emotionally. Is it hard? Do you what, you know which do you feel more like, or is it hard just juggling that or straddling that line? Uh, I would say that up until pretty recently, my writing life was firmly in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Just because I went to grad school here and every you know everything I, I published mainly here or only here, you know. Um, and it wasn't until I went back for these the so most you know just last year that I really felt connected and plugged into the literary scene in Singapore as opposed mm-hmm. to just being a tourist and dropping in for the book yeah. festival and leaving. Um, Beyond the literary scene though, what about oh, my you, family? What about emotionally? Do you miss it? Do you, when you go back, do yeah. you think, boy, I want to spend some more time here? I do, but, um, I'm talking gut level, not like when yeah, you went no, back I and said, mm, could I live here? Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand. Yeah, I do. I mean, I guess that's, that is, a, I mean, I don't know why that's such a hard question to answer. Um, that's why what, I asked my it. gut level. Yeah. Um, yes, I do feel strong ties to Singapore, but at the same time, I think I've always had an itinerant personality mm. and that even though I've lived in San Francisco now for eight years or seven years, like I feel like I could move. I've always felt like I could move. Oh, that's interesting. I, I was like that until... Until, until you, I was older. Until I, until I, I had kids. Yeah. I was going to say, and also because my husband and I, we are not planning to have children. And yeah, so, so maybe you'll be very, like, yeah. able it to move anywhere. It must be pretty freeing. I know, I would like that. I mean, he doesn't have a job that is very freeing. I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but right. yeah, no, I do. So I do feel like I'm, I'm very happy here, but that if you told me tomorrow that there's a great opportunity in Paris, I would... <laughs> oh, dude, you know, or something. But that's you know, different like, than yeah. if there was a great opportunity for your husband in... Des Moines. Yeah, we've talked about that because oh. there are probably great. Sometimes those come up. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But but I guess I because I've lived so many places and you know right. New Hampshire's not that great. Like I was there for three years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just kind of I've always enjoyed moving places. I but how dialed are you, dialed in are you to the local literary scene here in San Francisco? Oh, I'm pretty dialed. Like, I mean, it seems I, honestly, like I, yeah. I see you pictures everywhere. <laughs> I know I saw, I saw you everywhere. Because I, I follow Vanessa, right. and I right, and I love it. I love it. it mm-hmm. That is true. That is something. Um, but maybe bigger. I take it for granted a little yeah. bit because I've only lived places like Boston and San Francisco. Right. You with, know, it's probably thriving. you're right. It's probably it probably would be very difficult to move. 
Yeah. Or even Paris for the literacy. I don't know. Paris, come on, it must be really good. <laughs> I would be willing to try it. To live in Paris? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I thought of, I and this is really apropos of nothing, for most of my life, other than when I was a kid and lived in northeastern Pennsylvania, I've lived somewhere that people have an opinion about. So I've never lived someplace like Des Moines where like, oh, what's that like? But I've, people do have an opinion as soon as you, you use the, you use Des Moines well, as shorthand to say it's somewhere kind yeah, of sucky. Yeah, flyover state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Maybe more places that loom large in people's imaginations. Yeah. I used to say to my kids all the time when they were little, um, people come to San Francisco for vacation. Right. right. They would roll their eyes at me like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever That's, I remind myself that to keep myself sane. <laughs> and, oh, oh, I, but, I mean, I still hey, love people, I like going I to, it. Yeah. I like going to Fisherman's Wharf to stream by myself. But you know, my kid's myself. been in college for less than a year, and I think he really now values San Francisco. Really? Like, he really sees. Everybody so. who grows up in this area yeah. goes back. I mean, if they can. If they can. Yeah. If they can. Yeah, yeah, my kid, can. no interest. He's not going really? To, yeah. He's he wants like, to go to L.A. Well, that I could see too. Right. But then once he gets there, he may change his mind. I hope not because that's where his business is. I have lived all over the country. Well, in my opinion, not so much in the center. But uh, when I got to San Francisco, I was like, this is the place I really, really like. I do really. And I do. I do really love it. And also, I think um, because it was the first place I arrived at as an adult, I don't think I realized how lucky I was. Mm. You know, like I was just like, oh. Every place in America is diverse and wonderful and sunny and feels like home. But you, you, know, bring, up, you right, bring up a good point. There's something special about your first adult city. Yeah, that's probably That one's true. always going to have a special place that's in your heart, even if it true. was Des Moines. You know? Oh, I think that's true. Right, the first place you move off to. Yeah, you on. got your first apartment yeah. and that's you paid why, your bills. Even though I loved living in New York, I can't imagine going back there because of being there in your 20s is so different. Different. free and fun. Yes. And it would be hard at our age. Like, it would be hard. Yeah. It would be really hard. Well, we're out of time. Oh, this was We fun. continue talking yeah. about where we live, but we'll have to do it off mic. I off feel really inspired. I'm going to have people. a really good writing practice after this. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have like, a regimented one. I feel like I, I know. I feel like I kind of like take the romance. Whenever students ask me about my writing, I was like, feel like I take the romance out of the job. I don't think know? so. I think, I, I think it's so much better. I, I think I'm it's something s- people need to hear. It's I different. Know. It's different than a lot of people who come in here, but... A lot of people don't write the way I do, too. Like, no. I don't know anybody who's as... I don't know anyone, though, who really is a writer who says, I like to be inspired. Like, that's just not... You got to right. get it done, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you have to get it done on the days you're not inspired. That's uh, entirely, thing. entirely. Or anyone who says, if I wasn't a writer, I'd be something else. <laughs> You've that's never met somebody who said that? The first time anyone said that, Really? I, think. I yeah. can think of, like, yeah. five things I yoga instructor I mean it would be equally unstable yeah. as being a writer oh, yeah, so yeah. It wouldn't all be the a things good are, move. all the things yeah. are <laughs> that's how I, I oh I could run a small business I don't know Ooh, that <laughs> sounds really business. hard I couldn't do that well she's got the work ethic, work ethic for it <laughs> although being a writer is like being a small business it is if you're making it money yeah. if you're making money yeah. Kirsten yes. where can people get a hold of you uh, as Let's say an online presence. Oh, <laughs> I'm very searchable online. Um, my website is kirstenchen.com. My name is spelled weirdly, though. K-I-R-S-T-I-N. Oh, thanks, Mom and Dad. I know. It was a total mistake. My mom admits that she it was a mistake. But I've seen it spelled like that. Yeah. But I mean, places, honestly, because so. I'm doing publicity, yeah. now 50% of the time it gets spelled wrong. I don't even know. And do they it. say Kristen also? Kristen, Kirsten, Kirsten. With an N-E-N. When yeah. I was growing Christine up. sometimes. Christine. For oh, some reason. No, I don't like that. One time it was spelled wrong three times in like a paragraph. I mean, differently. Oh nice. my gosh, that's, that is, that's, that's great. That makes me so angry. That is so unacceptable. I love I that. Stand I'm so like that. used to it. It doesn't even. Oh anyway. Boy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> website is then K-I-R-S-T-I-N. Um, yes. Chen. Yes. Dot com. Yes. How about the uh, Instagram, the Twitter, all it's that stuff? All, it's Kirsten underscore Chen or Kirsten dot Chen. Okay. <laughs> it's easy to find. And do you have any local events coming up? Um, let's see. Well, I'm doing Why There Are Words in Sausalito in May. Oh, yeah, nice. I'm doing the San Ramon Library in June and Burlingame Library as well. Oh, that's a great library. Oh, is it? Oh, it's good. beautiful. I'm it's really an arts excited. and crafts library. It's really nice. Oh, and I think that one is the one that I'm on a panel with Shobra Rao and... Elaine Castillo, both of whose books are on my list, cool. so I'm excited. And you can that. get all that information on her website. Yes, excellent. Again, Kirsten. That's Chen the good thing about having a, 
uh, uniquely spelled name as you get your website. That is yes. true. So that's nice. That is true. And it is easy to find me because they're not. Yeah. yeah, that's nice. Bridget, you look like you're ready to read something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would like to read. I, it's been a while since I've had to do this. So. Tell first your stuff. I know it's been Oh, so my long. stuff. Yeah. Um, Bridget Quinn is actually not an uncommon name. So um, you can find me at BridgetQuinnAuthor.com or at BeQuinterest on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at that Larry Rosen on Twitter and Instagram. My website for my other podcast is isitgoodforthejews.com. Larry told me such a funny thing yesterday. I did? Jiu-jitsu. That's right. That's like Jew. <laughs> you can get a t-shirt too. I, I loved that. Hey, who so produced this podcast? Oh, I'd like to thank our producers, Lori Ann Doyle, Beth Weingarner, and Lee Kravitz. And also want to thank Sugartown. Sugartown has a new album coming out, I was told. Oh, oh, well, can we have some of that music? We will get some of that oh, music, so look for that, fans. Uh, thank you, producers. And, and you can find them on Facebook, Sugartown, California. And you can find us at The Grotto Pod. Also, Twitter. you know what? We need to thank our partners because they're fantastic. Yes. And speaking of Vanessa Waugh, hey, so the San Francisco Public Library is one of our partners. And we mm. all love libraries, but we really love it when people like authors, author Vanessa Waugh is going to be on May 22nd. 22nd, oh. I believe. We will be doing a live podcast yeah. called My Favorite Book. My Favorite Book. Well, we're not going to tell you what it is We're not going to tell you what our favorite book is but, yet. But we'll tell you soon. So look at the, I think the library website will help you out. Look yep. at that. And, and then we'll um, get also some info too. Babylon Salon, San Francisco's premier literary series. That's right. Next up, June 2nd. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you going to go to that? I am. I'm going to go right. and I'm going to raffle some stuff off. Oh, good. I'm going to donate a GrottoPod sweatshirt awesome. for the raffle. Okay. Thanks to all those people. No thanks to whoever trashed our GrottoPod <laughs> yep. studio. Bridget. Uh, you guys, you need to be just like Kirsten. And read, write, and just keep working. Bye.